0: Well, good morning, Identity Church. I am so blessed to be here this week. It's been an awesome week. You know, I've just been really blessed this week. I was telling everybody um, during the praise and worship time that God's really been putting his love on my heart this week. The, his will to send his son, Jesus, and, and it's unfathomable to me. I, I, I think about my own kids and I go, man, I, I would not be able to do that. But he did that so that we would be a part of his family, that we would be his children in the kingdom of God. Now, you may be saying, well, well, Dusty, you know, I I know that God loves me. You know, of course he loves me. But do you know that, that God himself put up with all kinds of stuff and still didn't do away with all this? I mean, I look at the world right now and I think to myself, man, there is so many things that I probably would have went ahead and just said, forget it. It's not worth saving. Well, you know what? He went a step further. He sent his son to save the unsavable. He went and sent his son in order to create in us the ability to be his sons and daughters. man. That's just been hitting me this week. I just wanted to share it because I know without a shadow of a doubt that if you get a hold of that revelation, man, hell can come in your household and it will have to get out pretty quickly. I'm just going to tell you straight up because that one truth right there that you are loved by God and that if he is for you, then who can be against you? It will run any devil out of your house. Absolutely. Now, that's not what I'm going to talk about this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up the, the, talking about the full armor of God. And, you know, the last few weeks with the full armor of God, I have been so, I've been blessed by it because, you know, I want to every day not forget my armor. Like, I don't want to go into battle and not put on my helmet of salvation because it makes my head sweat, you know? It's like, well, I don't, it's like driving a motorcycle and it's like, well, I'm not going to wear a helmet. Okay, well, what happens if that one time you hit the ground? You didn't have your helmet on. Well, you know, what's that one time if you don't have your breast, breastplate of righteousness where you're putting righteous, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that I am in right standing with God? If I don't have that on one day and somebody comes along and says, you're sorry, good for nothing. You know what? If I don't have my righteousness on, then I'll believe them over what God's word says to me. Do you know that I want to walk in the fullness of God to where there's not any wiles of the devil that can come along and destroy what God has put in me? You know, I, I find myself, you know, when I was a teenager, I always thought to myself, uh, all this Jesus stuff. You go to church and you'd be like, uh, You know, they just say the same things over and over and over and over again. Oh, Jesus, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Do you know that it was until I renewed my mind, until I understood where I was going to go next and what God had his plans and his purpose for my life that I actually started growing and not just going, oh, that Jesus stuff. You know, when love actually starts infecting you and you start having a revelation of the knowledge of who He is in you, man, the Jesus stuff starts making sense. I think a lot of times we don't don't allow the salvation to get in our mind, our will, and our emotions. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So this is the scripture that has been our main verses Uh, throughout this. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. And I'm just going to kind of read this really quick, just hitting some of the highlights. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the armor is to protect you from the wiles of the devil. Like I said, if I forget the helmet of salvation today, what happens when I have my mind that is uncovered by his perfect promises i can have it come in and the wilds can change the way i think and it says here for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood that is so true but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this age well i'm going to tell you what the principalities here is not a spiritual thing so we, we rule, we have two different areas. We have a physical and we have a spiritual. The physical part of it, the principalities, that's, that means the, the principal governments, the, the way man has created the world. You know, the world's coming at you every single day. It doesn't matter. You know, what's coming up in April? Everybody, it, I bet everybody, taxes. How many people are sitting there going, taxes, taxes i got to pay taxes. Well, you know what? That wasn't a God-created thing. Taxes was not God's creation. That was man's creation. So every year when I struck the check to the government, I'm sitting there going, Lord, you better bless it because I'm not. I'm, I'm cursing. That i got to pay my taxes. Do you know the, the, the reason why the principalities of this world, they come after us is to try to put us in its box. You know that. If if you were being put in jail. How, how many people have known someone. That has went to jail. It changes you right. You get, into a, you get into a situation. To where there's actually ministries. And people that when you get on the outside. You have to learn how to live back in the world. So. The whole thing about the world system is is it's trying to conform you to its way of thinking. So it says here in verse 13, it says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. Now, I'm going to stop because I forgot the spiritual side. Okay, The spiritual side is is that there are hosts in heavenly places, uh, above, around, they're all around us. So we do have a spiritual side that we have to look at and say, I am going to take authority over that as well. So I'm going to go and stand in in my perfect place in the world and know who I am in Christ Jesus. But also when the spiritual attacks come, I'm I'm going to stop those from happening too. I'm going to resist the devil so that he will flee. All right, I'll move on. And it says... In verse 14, stand therefore having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the pre- preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all take on the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And that's where we're going to begin today. Now I'm doing a little bit of side-by-side comparison. I brought this up. You had the full armor of God that Paul saw where the Roman soldiers walked around and they had all this garb on to protect them. But, you know, in our own society, we do the exact same thing. We put on, you know, our military puts on the flap jackets. They put on all of the compression shorts and all the things to protect themselves. So this is about battling in warfare. You don't wear the full armor of God just to go down to the store and go shopping unless there's going to be a battle. Now, let me ask you something. Is there an attack of the devil if you were trying to get the front parking spot and you were about to edge your car in and all of a sudden they just come, somebody just comes in and slams their car into the middle of it? There's some warfare going on now. It's like, wait just a second. You just took on my spot. Well, you know that there is a spiritual warfare where Satan wants to get you upset. Where the world wants to conform you. Where there's people that are trying to get under your skin every single day. You know that that fear and shame and, and all of the things that happen to us in the world, all of those things are a part of the spiritual warfare. It's one of the reasons why it says that perfect love casts out all fear and 1 John chapter 4. Do you know that if you live by the word of God, then what's going to happen is that when these things come against you, when you start having people get under your skin, the word of God can come up like a shield. It can come up and it can protect you from those wiles. It can protect you from when something hits you that you didn't expect. Taxes. Do you know that in every single thing that you live through, there is a while that's going to try to come across and stop you. There's something. You know, I've, I've found myself to be in the midst of some of the greatest parts of my life. And then all of a sudden I get hit with an attack. And you go, "Well, what was that attack for? And everybody wants to point back to God. But there is a world and there is a devil. And we have to put those in their place. And that's one of the reasons why God gave us the protection through his full armor to take on the wiles of the devil and the world. Ephesians 6, 17 through 18, it says, Take the helmet of salvation. So this word salvation is soteria. It means to deliver. It means health, salvation, save, safety. And it says, and the sword of the spirit. The spirit is Numa. This is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was like a blast of life that created each and every one of us. You know that it actually says in Genesis that, that he breathed in to Adam. So the Holy Spirit himself in this mound of dirt breathes into into the nostrils of Adam, and Adam comes alive. Well, see, the Spirit is the breath of life that created all the things that we see here, all the things that that are going on. So we have to understand that the helmet of salvation, that it gives us that safety net, it covers our head. It covers the way we see things. It covers the way that we hear things. Because when I have the salvation of God on, that is being taught to me and I'm renewing my mind what happens is is that now the Spirit of God He's able to come in and cut between two different things. He's able to cut between what the world's telling you. He's able to cut between what God's telling you. How many people have seen circumstances that you could never ever get get out of on your own? Do you know that ninety nine percent of that is what you saw and not what happened in fact most of the time when we have a circumstance that comes against us it's usually something in the future now we will have something like you know if if you got to pay something or car breaks down or there's a certain thing yes you will have those things happen to you like in you know in a short amount of time but when What's really damaging is those things where you get to see it for a long period of time. Or how about this? I've been sick for a long, long time, and all I think is sick. All I think is poor. All I think is that nothing's ever going to be good for me. You know, those things, if we allow those to just continue to plague our mind, then what's going to happen is is that we're going to get to a point to where we don't ever see ourselves out of that situation. And see, that's why we need salvation to cover our head. And it says here also, it says, um, and, and the, the sword of the spirit, which is this breath of life, which, the word, which is the word of God. And verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's a mouthful right there. Okay. So what I want you to know about verse 18, that's why I put it in here, because it's not exactly the, 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 full armor of God, but what it is, is it gives you the ability to not just think about your situation. Okay. Let me ask you something. How many people when they pray, they just pray for themselves? I've been there. I've been there. you don't lie in church, okay? You know why? It's because I didn't have my armor on. It's because I was being attacked in ways that I could not see beyond myself. How many people know that if you are going to not be able to see beyond yourself, then you will never be able to pray like verse 18 says, Praying always with prayer and supplication in the spirit. So not praying about the world. But you're allowing the spirit of God to basically create in you what you need to be praying. What you need to be seeing. And it says, and this is the thing. Once you get past all of the, oh, what was me? It's going bad for me. This is what happens in verse 18. It says, being watchful to this end. It means the end of this when I'm praying is that I will I will have perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That means I turn my prayer life not towards me, but I turn it back out towards the people. I turn it back out towards all of those that are around me. So your head is important because it houses your mind, your will and your emotions. Now, I've done a teaching on this and, and it's. I do it as um, I actually do this as spirit, soul, and body. But, you know, our mind, will, and emotions are, are in our brain. It's, the, it's our head knowledge. You know, if I learn something, I can learn something incorrectly. I say this all the time. My grandfather told me that, you know, when Adam and Eve was there, that, that basically God reached into Adam and took out a rib, and that women have more ribs than guys. It's not true, but that's what I was taught. And I went a long time before I actually knew the truth. Well, do you know that I had a belief off of something that wasn't true? So somebody, mainly my grandfather, decided to tell me something insufficient that I created a belief system around. Do you know that when my mind, my will, and my emotions, they go in the opposite direction of truth, then we're going to have a problem. Because you're going to plant seeds of deception. You're going to plant seeds that are not supposed to be happening in your life. I use this bubble level. Y'all may or may not be able to see it, people out there. But I teach on this from a bubble level perspective. And our mind, our will, and our emotions, just like our spirit, soul, and body. So you have a body, or you have a spirit... You have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and you have a body. The body is how you touch the world, right? That's how we get out here. Everybody goes to work. Everybody, we're going to eat some chili. You're going to use your body to do that. You're not using your spirit, okay? But what happens is, is that your soul goes between what I see, hear, taste, smell, and feel, which is my body, my five senses, and it goes between the spirit of God. So this little bubble is like our soul, and our soul Whatever you elevate, that's where your soul's gonna go. So if I elevate everything that's in the flesh, my five senses and what's happening to me in the world, oh my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, they're just gonna go crazy. Oh, I you know, how many people is just like, you know, ugly cried because, you know, woe is me. Woe is me. You know, my kids went and watched a movie. I'm not even gonna name the movie, but it's the new Tom Hanks movie. But anyway, they just said it's sad. And so if you're wanting a really, really sad movie, you can go find a movie like that. You just bawl your eyes out for like two straight hours, okay? And there's ladies that I've actually talked to that are like, that's, you know, that's therapeutic for me. It's just to sit down and cry for a long period of time. I, you know, unless I like hit my finger with a hammer or there's something that's going on, I don't want to cry. Now, I understand. Y'all may go, well, you're emotionally damaged, Dusty. I don't know. But what I want you to understand is is that when your emotions, your mind, will, and emotions start to to feed off of things, it becomes a catalyst. Do you know what a catalyst is? It's like in a bomb, you have a cap and you have the actual powder that blows up. The cap is a catalyst. It wasn't going to blow up until the, the blasting cap blew up. Well, this is the same thing with our emotions. Our emotions are like a big ball of dynamite. And they will explode and it will send your mind, will, and emotions to nothing but the flesh. Oh, let me just flesh out. How many people have just had some good flesh out parties? I have. I going to tell you what. It's really good when something bad happens to you. Your flesh just feels really good to say, "Woo." I'm going to cry and I'm going to moan and I'm going to weep and I'm going to I'm just going to woe as me. Well, you know what? There's some of that that's going to happen because you're human, okay? But there's a point where you go, okay, the Spirit of God's going. Hey, mind, will, and emotions come back over here to the Spirit, which is connected to who God is and the new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that when we were born again, we became a new creature in Christ Jesus. That old man passed away. Well, the old man was like, just keep, just keep bawling your eyes out. Just keep working on, on just having nothing. Well, You know, the new man is a part of the Spirit, and the Spirit of God's going, okay, when, when you're done, let's actually let's start talking about what we can do in the Spirit. I have a plan for you, plans to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. You know, God's trying to get you the answer that you need. And so in our mind, will, and emotions, we have to understand that this is important. Because if you start feeding the wrong thing, then your mind, will, and emotions are going to go off into the wrong direction. You're always going to fall into this fleshly idealism. Bringing the breath of life, Mr. You know, Kung Fu dude over here with a sword. You know, when we, bring, when we have the breath of life, it cuts through. It creates an opportunity for us to, to get all the stuff that is plaguing our mind the Word of God itself, when you start reading it, you start applying it to your life, it will go in and it will clear your mind and you'll know the difference between what is fleshly and what is the Spirit. See, a lot of people, they'll go, well, the Word of God is is alive and powerful and it's like this two-edged sword. And it is. But the two-edged sword has to be swung before it'll cut through. See, that's what we have to understand. I can read words. I can read this Ephesians six seventeen. Probably even some of y'all are reading it. And you're like, mm. well, you know what becomes alive in me is when it actually starts to, that sword, the word of God starts to go in and it cuts through and I start going, oh, I see who God is. I also see who he is in me. So getting in the word, it cuts through all the junk that's in your head. Alright, today's going to be, I know I took a lot of time, we got some visitors, I was trying to give us a little bit more of a a background, but I'm going to try to get us out of here so we can eat, you know, uh, chili here in a few minutes, but what I want to mainly get into your head today, if you can just walk with me for a minute, is I want you to understand the difference between what's in your head and what's going on out here, because sometimes it can be different. Sometimes your idealisms about what is going on in your life and and what's happening to you, they're not going to line up with what the Word says about you. In fact, Romans 12, 1 through 3, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's some sin part of that where you go, well, you know, you need to do the right things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's a consequence for everything that you do. For every action, there's an opposite or equal reaction that ends up happening. Well, that opposite or equal reaction is your consequence for the things that are going on in your life. If you go out and you start taking drugs, well, there's a good possibility that you might overdose and you're going to die from it. But how about this? I've got family members that have taken drugs and they got schizophrenia I've, got, I've known people who've lost their jobs. I know people who, because they were alcoholics, they couldn't keep their family. That's a consequence that's beyond my comprehension. You know, you need to understand that, hey, there is a sin portion of this, but the sin portion is not because God's upset at you, by the way. It's God's trying to keep you from losing things. It got quiet in Everybody okay with this? I just wanted to make sure that, you know, there is a back door if y'all need to run out of here real quick. But see, sin is a a problem for you. Sin's going to get you caught up in things that the devil will make you pay too much for. And you need to understand this. But there's another portion of this too. Because it says in verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your body being a living sacrifice can never, ever, 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 ever happen unless you renew your mind. Because your body won't go where your mind doesn't tell you to go. You know, I always loved when people would, you know, when I was a kid, you'd go and tell your parents, Well, the devil made me do it. No, no devil didn't make you do it the devil made a suggestion you said let's do it (laughs) see there's a there's a part you play with the holy spirit and there's also a part you'll play with the devil because the devil can't force you to go where you don't want to go you resist the devil and he'll flee from you right james has talked about that we've talked about that over and over and over again but do you know that every single time Every single time that Satan comes up to you and he says something, hey, let's go do something that I think is going to be fun. And you go, no. How about us? I want everybody to say, no Satan. no, Satan. How hard was that? Not today, Satan. But I look at it from this perspective that we will find out that our bodies won't go where our mind won't take us. Your body just doesn't end up as a drug addict. Your body doesn't end up as an alcoholic. Your body doesn't end up anywhere that you haven't put a lot of thought into. And that's why verse 2 is more important than verse 1. Sin's a problem, but let's talk about what the problem really is. The problem is, is that you were not renewed in your mind. You did not have the ability to think about something else because you ended up taking the sin... And saying, that's good, and I'm going to go. Verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by, transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. This is a testing. You're going to see that the more you get to go with God, the more you're going to see how good it is. You're not going to see anything else. You may think, oh man, that's, I want to, you know, I want to go with all those people who you know, smoke and chew and the people who do, right? I want to do the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I want to do whatever it is. At the end of that, there's going to be a price to pay. But when you go with God, there is no price. He gives you it all. You start getting benefits where you're not having to pay. And see, this right here says, For I say through the grace given unto me, you have to have grace in order to use your faith. You can't have a gift given. And I mean, you have to have a gift given before you can actually use it. It's like, you know, we got this air fryer. I think Heather's trying to give it away because it's way too small. But we, we've used it in, in times in, in past, you know. Well, it, it works. Everything's good. But do you know that if I didn't have the air fryer, I couldn't use the air fryer. That's that's a simple fact. I know people are like snickering. (laughs) That's true. That's stupid, Dusty. But do you know that there's a lot of people that are trying to use things they don't got? Oh, I've got faith in order to be able to to move this mountain. And you go, no, you don't. I'm watching everything that you've said, everything that you've done. I've watched it all. And I'm going, you're not living in the fruit of God. You're just speaking the words. I got quiet again. What just happened? I don't know. See, what I want you to understand is that you have to get the gift of God. You have to understand his promise. And then once you do that, you can use it. And it doesn't matter how small it is. At first, you just keep using it, keep using it. And you're going to get benefit out of it. So it says here, it says to every one of you. It says, for I say through the grace of God given to me to every, everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But soberly, as God has dealt to, to each one, the measure of faith. Everybody in here, you got a measure of faith. You're not, you're not falling behind. There's not anybody in here that says, well, I don't have faith. No, you got faith, but you also got Doubt. How many people know that we can go find the most faithful person that you could ever find and doubt can actually creep in? You know, we actually saw this with Jesus. You're like, well, Jesus never had any doubt. Well, so Jesus went into the, the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. I'm pretty sure that the first time that if you've not ate anything for 40 days or 40 nights, and all of a sudden, Satan comes up with some bread. And he goes, hey, I'll give you this bread if you give me the kingdom. Hey, I, I, if you'll come worship me, then I'll give you all these kingdoms. I, you know, I'll keep you from, from, you know, I'll keep you from dying. I'll keep all this stuff from happening. Do you know that Satan came at him and Jesus had to go, no! No! See, doubt's not something that you hold on to. Doubt's something that comes at you. I'm going to say it again. I kind of feel like that got kind of washed over. Okay? Doubt is something that comes at you every single day. It's not something that you just, oh, yeah, well, I've doubted all my life. No. I mean, I've had some things that I really believe. I've seen things happen. And then the next time, there's that moment of doubt. You ever had the moment of doubt? Okay, well, yeah, I've seen people that's gotten healed. I've gotten, I've seen people that's gotten set free. But the moment somebody else comes up, it's like, okay, I don't know where they're coming from. They don't know where I'm coming from, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to pray for them. And it's like, okay, I've got to apply the word and my faith to overcome any doubt that comes at me. It's truth. It is absolute truth. Every single day when you take that step in faith, you got to kick the doubt out from under your feet every single time. Doubt will, doubt will if you allow it to mount up, it will overcome your measure of faith. So what do we have to do? We have to renew our hope and sober up. How many people have been drunk before? Some of you haven't. I know my wife hasn't. But I, I'm... I, i'm like hey i know what it was like to sober up i know what it was like to be hung over do you know that at the end of all that you start realizing what i did before it was really easy to get me to do stuff i wasn't supposed to do do you know that the same thing happens in the world when your mind gets all messed up then you're gonna you're gonna be unable to make good decisions because you don't have the good decisions in your head to be made. I know that sounded like I just went in a circle. But you have to understand that a lot of times if I've been putting bad things into my head, if I just keep letting it just overtake me, overtake me, well then I start going, well that's the good thing to do. So it says here in 1 Thessalonians 5 it says, but let us who are... Of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and of the helmet of the hope of salvation. Now, you may be going, "Well, Dusty, we just read where the breastplate is righteousness." Well, no, righteousness. I put it on my breastplate because I want everybody to know that I'm I'm in right standing. It's the most, it's the furthest thing that I'm going. Hey, I'm of the righteousness. But how about if I need to be able to also put faith and love out there too there's sometimes i need to put it as the most forward thing on my body and go i'm gonna go stand in faith i'm gonna go stand in love i choose love today you know what i'll take righteousness off my chest and i'll put faith on today and i'm gonna walk around i'm gonna i'm gonna move mountains today you know that I may need to shield certain things in my life. I may need to to put more things forward in certain parts of my life. Does that make sense? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But what God is trying to get get through to here in 1 Thessalonians is that some days you need to like put on something else to say, this is what I need today. I need to put this forward today. I need to live this out today. I need to live in love more than I've ever lived in my life. Well, you know what? Put that on today. Make that the thing that stands out the most in your day. And it says, also for the helmet of the hope of salvation. You know what? If you don't have hope already, you need hope. So sometimes you're going to strap that helmet on and it ain't going to feel good. Because you've never had hope on your head. You've never, you've never strapped on the hope of God that is, that is giving you the, the ability to see your future. Do you know what? That's how you sober up. It doesn't feel good to turn the lights on after you've been drunk. It's like, woo, what's going on up here? Do you know that when you have God on the inside of you and you've had a bad thing happen to you, the first thing you want to do is you want to turn away from the light. I just don't want to see it like right now, Lord. You know what? We have to sober up in the hope of His salvation where our mind can be renewed and we can get past the things that the world has put on us. Cleanse and wash off the world. 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 through 6-9. It says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while... If need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Do you know that in everything that you do, there's going to be trials that are going to come along? And you're going to be grieved by them. We don't walk through the tiptoe to the tulips. Get a little tiny Tim going on in here. But, you know, at the, the end of the day, we've got to understand that every single thing that happens in our life, there's going to be a trial. And that trial is nothing more than a test. And sometimes we pass the test and sometimes we fail. We got to go back and take the test over. You know, when it came to me in high school, I took lots of tests over. I was grieved by them. You know that that the Lord is saying to us today that there are going to be times when things are going to happen and you're going to be tested and you may even pass. But man, I just felt bad about that. It made me feel like, ah, uh, I, I feel icky about that. How about this? It might have put some doubt in your heart. Should I, do I even want to keep going? You know, there's plenty of days that I walk around going, do I even want to keep going? Do I want to keep going with the ministry? By the way, this is not my full-time job. So I go to, go, I go to work for the power company every single day. And there's plenty of tests and trials that I get from them. They want to really give you the world give you the business of the world if you, if you get my drift. Do you know that in everything that you have a grievous trial, then we have to understand what verse 7 and verse 8 is going to say. And it says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Do you know that your faith will be around that measure of faith? It doesn't go away. But gold will. You know, I gave, diamonds, too. I gave Heather a 25 year uh, anniversary, you know, uh, ring back in uh, August, September time frame. Well, one of the, the diamond settings come out. And, you know, I, we're calling people. We're like, hey, do I have any warranty? Do I have anything like that? I was like, no. OK, so now I got to go replace the diamond. And I also got to go have gold put in this thing because it was made flimsy. Well, do you know that the number one thing that, and this was what we heard yesterday. Oh, diamonds are harder than gold. They will erode the gold. And I'm going, what? I mean, I'm sitting there looking at this, this, this ring and I'm like, gold is not forever. But your faith is. You just have to get the doubt out. You know, that one of the things that I see here is that after it says that more precious than gold. I'm sorry, that faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom has not been seen or or whom having not seen you in love. Though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Now, I've never seen Jesus walking around the earth. How many people seen Jesus walking around the earth? I've seen some lookalikes. And you know, we were talking about this the other day with Brad Holliman. I, I was talking to him last night. And he liked this little, it was like a candid camera type thing. But they would take Jesus they dress a guy up like Jesus and they had a water fountain and Jesus would come by and wave his hand across the water fountain and it would go from water to wine. Right. And you, you know, and then there was one where this kid had kicked a ball and it went out on the lake and Jesus goes walking out there and he picks it up. And all these people are like, Whoa, what just happened? Do you know that, that people get to see Jesus through the Bible, And when we see Jesus through the Bible, what are the things we think about? Well, he walked on the water. He turned water into wine. Well, you know what? That's not anything that's going to change your life. How many people know that if all you know is the Bible stories, that it's not going to change your life? Because you didn't actually see Jesus. You heard of his exploits and you created an idea about an exploit in your mind. But see, when you get into the word of God and you actually see the love of God, when you see what Jesus has done, when you actually experience it, you have never physically with your eyes seen Jesus, but you inexplicably know his love. You know who he is. You could pick him out in a crowd just by seeing him if he just showed up. Because guess what? Jesus himself being the... Being the the son of the living God, he had love that was unspeakable. Do you know that he has put that love in you? And that's how you know, through the Spirit of God. It's it's pretty important to know the Spirit of God. And it says here in verse 9, it says, Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. That means that once we've understood his his joy unspeakable, it's because we have changed our mind. We have understood who he is through his word, and it says, and at the end of and I put this down here at the end of your faith is belief that is true. You know, if all you believe is that Jesus just walked on water and he turned water into wine, then that's that's not going to change your life. In fact, there'll be people who'll be able to mingle all kinds of other things in about Jesus that are not true. But if you go and you know about his love, and you know about his, about his inexplicit ways that he came to this earth and that he taught his disciples and that his disciples died for that. Do you know that when people say, oh, there's no, there, there's no um, scientific proof of Jesus? Well, they ain't reading not just the Bible, but there's church history. They find his name on tablets. They've found all this different stuff. Do you know that that still doesn't mean anything? That doesn't change anybody's mind or heart because they're always going to try to find something different. It's going to be the love of God that will come in and it will revolutionize their hearts. And this is the last thing. Well, sort of. Matt, get ready because come up here and play in a minute but so when we're renewing we're cleansing our mind we have to protect our mind and see hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 it says for the word of god is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and joint and marrow and it's the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart i love this scripture this is one of the first like preaching revelations that i taught on i did this at vcf victor christian fellowship the last one of the last times i was there and this right here was something that just it, it blew up off the pages of the word to me Do you know that when we look at we look at the word of god being this two-edged sword do you know that the reason why it's a two-edged sword is because it's going to cut both the spirit and the flesh away. You're going to know the difference between the two. There's going to be an an inexplicable, this is the flesh and this is the spirit. The word of God will give you that that dividing line, if you will. So our joints are how we connect our body. See this right here? I got a joint, it's called an elbow. It connects my, my bicep and the rest of my arm to my forearm. Well, do you know that in every single thing, that's a part of how we get between the spirit and our soul, but also between the soul and our body, spirit, soul, and body that I was just talking about. Do you know that if I'm able to have the word of God discern between the two, that means that it will separate, okay, this is a spiritual thing that I need to, that I need to be putting my mind on. Or this is a fleshly thing. It's a part of my body. It's a part of my five senses. The things that I see, hear, taste, smell, and feel. How many people, how many people are, are led by see, hear, taste, smell, and feel? Last night when I was at the restaurant and I was eating like four pounds of, of beef, that was like that was like my body telling me. Okay? More than more than my spirit, because the spirit man was probably going, Don't do it. Okay? But my body. What I saw, what I smelled, and what I tasted was like, I'm going that way. Do you know that in every single thing, the Word of God will come and it will divide between what is good and what is evil. Do you know that in everything that you have to, that you have to do in your life, have the Word on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit Himself will be your teacher, just like it talks about in John. And He will be able to give you the, the answers. I'm going to give sort of a, a brief thing about what you did this week, but you know, my wife teaches in, in at Briarwood, and they've been wanting to to do um, what is it, a, a biblical worldviews? Well, they've been telling them, oh, teach biblical worldview, teach biblical worldview. Well, let's just say this: if you're a math teacher, or an English teacher, it's kind of hard to teach biblical worldview every single t- every single day. I mean. So what happened was, is the Holy Spirit allowed her to use the biblical worldview while she was being observed. And you know, one of the things that was so important was that the scriptures that she had read, they just started popping up on the inside of her. And she started giving these scriptures to the kids, and she was able to do what they wanted her to do. And she got all these kudos and everything for it, But more than that she had kids that came up to her afterwards and said, I didn't know that just believing in God wasn't enough, that I also need to believe in Jesus. And she had the moment to be able to talk to some of these kids and to say, no, you need to know just believing in God doesn't mean that you're saved. Believing in God means that you just know what everybody else should know, is that there was a God that created everything. But see, the the most important thing is that Jesus came and he died for our sins. And because he died for our sins, then now we can be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's either your works or it's his works. Which one's going to be easier? His works, because it's impossible to do your own works and be good enough. So this body, our, our spirit, soul, and body, our you know, our, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, you know, that's how that we connect spirit, soul, and body together. And so the soul is joint between the flesh and the spirit. So our mind, will, and emotions, they have they have this joint between the two of them. And the word of God helps us to be able to do that, to be able to cut it. And it separates that mind. what's in our mind between the spirit and flesh. But the marrow, this is the thing that that really just floored me when the Lord gave me this revelation years ago. You know, when you go and study what marrow does, if anybody's in the medical field, marrow gives you your blood cells. It's how how we, we manufacture the blood cells that we have, especially red blood cells. And what happens here is that this marrow is the life-giving force. See, the Spirit of God Himself was the life-giving force. It's just like the marrow. And when we get into the Word of God, we start renewing our mind, our mind, will, and emotions. Man, now the life-giving part of who God is, it comes in and it completely revolutionizes our life. It pumps the blood back into the body. Now, it... In order to get this thing out, like, okay, if the spirit of God's on the inside of you, you should be trying to work out your salvation. That means I'm getting it to the outside, right? Not just keeping it on the inside for myself, but if I'm trying to get it out into the world so that I can affect the world in a awesome way, then what what needs to happen? I need the lifeblood of God pumping and going into my own body so that it goes from my spirit to my soul where my mind will and my emotions are intact and then now i'm affecting people on the outside i'm not i'm not carried away by anger or by strife or by fear but i'm actually living out love i'm putting that love and faith and righteousness on my chest and now i'm walking into situations to where i can do what the full armor of god's supposed to do This is the very last thing. I'm going to hit all of these. Putting on the full armor of God is a reminder every single day of who you are in Jesus. Number one, it's the loins girded by truth. You should plant seeds that are in truth. You don't need to plant lies. Don't ever, ever, ever take a deception and a lie. Go ahead, Matt. Come on up. The breastplate of righteousness... You are in right standing with God if you've been saved in Jesus. I want you to say that. I'm the, of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't doubt that. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are in the family. You are in the family. It means you're not just... You're not just in happenstance. Well, maybe I'll go to heaven. Maybe I won't. You can know right now. If you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, we'll get you saved today. You'll be in the family before you you eat a bowl of chili. I'll tell you straight up. So number three, your feet is shod with the preparation, not preparation H, but the preparation of the gospel of peace. Where you go, you're going to carry peace with you. How many people know that we need more peace in this world? We need to be able to walk into places and we need to be able to bring that peace with us and, and we need to be able to take over the situations. If you got the Spirit of God on the inside of you, you got peace going with you. The shield of faith, you know what? Every single time doubt comes, you just block it and say, "Nope, my faith is strong. My faith is in Him and I know His Word. The helmet of salvation... It keeps out the deception of the world. That's why we need our mind renewed and not conformed to the world. We need to get to a place to where people know that they're not being conformed by what the world tells them they have to be conformed to. You know, we would be a whole lot better off if people just didn't take you know things for at face value. How many people saw the big balloon that came from China? Anybody? Oh my gosh, my Facebook was just lit up. Oh, this is the beginning of war. This is the beginning of that. It's the big. Well, you know what? It may be, it may not. See, I'm not going to live in fear and wait for all this to come about in my mind. You know, I can sit there. And I can allow my mind to run wild. But do you know that that when we have the helmet of salvation, we start going, eh, God's going to take care of me if there was war in my backyard. Yes, amen. And then the last one, this is the key, the sword of the Spirit, it lets God's Word. So if you don't know God's Word, it's going to be kind of hard to cut through what's the world and what's the Spirit of God. I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, I, I tell everybody that you need to read through the Bible at least once because I've read through the Bible a couple of times and there are things in like, you know, uh, some obscure parts of the Bible that the Lord will use. Now, I may have to go look it up and I might have to say, okay, but but he brings back to my remembrance all those things which I've been taught. The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance these things. But if you have never read it, It's going to be hard for the Holy Spirit to do that. He's going to have to bring somebody across your path or either lead you in some way and you're not going to have it right there. You know that everybody needs to go through and read the Bible because the Word of God is going to be the truth that is going to be the catalyst. It's going to get us to the place to where we can cut through what is the world and what is the Spirit. And that is so key because you can't put on the rest of the armor unless you know what to put on. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you say, Dusty, I don't know if I've actually accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't know if I'm in the family. I don't know if I could put on the breastplate of righteousness. That I don't even know if I'm in right standing of God. Then I'm going to ask you to lift your hand for salvation today that we can pray and we can get you into the family today. Amen. Amen. We're all a part of the family. You know, I want everybody to, to think about in every single way that, okay, because now I'm saved, now I get to walk out this life In the fullness of God. I want you to pray this with me. Lord help me. Say it with me. Lord help me. To live out the full armor of God. Bring people across my path. That I can minister this to them. Jesus' name. And Father, I just thank you right now over, that I just pray over each and every person that's at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, that they are are not only putting on the full armor of God, but they're walking into situations and they're making it better. I thank you, Father, that these are world changers. I thank you, dear Lord, that they're going to change their world. And I thank you, Father, that you are giving them peace, you're giving them hope, that you're allowing them to have those things which gives them the confidence to be able to go and change their world. And Father, I just pray over them. I thank you for them. And I just thank you, dear Lord, that you are, you are so good to us and that you love us so very much. Protect us, keep us, allow us, Father, to also be those world changers. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And Father, right before we go, we're going to have a fellowship. I pray over this food that we're about to receive. May it nourish our body. I just thank you for the time of fellowship that people grow closer together and I thank you father for the food that it is blessed in Jesus name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.